Hey there, this is Hannah McGee, and welcome to the iHeart2C podcast. Join my husband, John, and me as we talk about all the happenings in our favorite place, Canyon County. We'll be highlighting businesses, organizations, and just plain old people that make this such a great place to live. If you're tired of all the negative on the news and social media and need some inspiration, you have come to the right place. Canyon County is one of the fastest growing areas in the country. It's a great place to live, and it's where we're raising our family. We're going to take a few minutes each week to talk about the place we call home, the good folks, and the great happenings going on in Caldwell, Nampa, and beyond. So join us here at the iHeart2C podcast. All right. Thank you all for joining us again at iHeart2C podcast. I am Hannah McGee, and this is John McGee. We are... Um, the hosts, and we have another wonderful guest with us. We are excited to have Scott Gibson, who um, his family has owned Caxton Printers for a very long time, and so we are excited that he's here to share with us the history um, and just the the impact that he makes in Caldwell and the Treasure Valley. Yeah, Scott, tell us a little bit about the history of Caxton. A lot of people know a little a little bit about it. They know they do printing, they know they do books, but boy, you've been around for a long, long time. Tell us a little bit about that. Well, good morning and thanks for asking me to join you today. Uh, Caxton started in 1896 in Caldwell. My great-great-grandfather, A.E. Gibson, uh, that's Albert Edward, uh, started the company as an agricultural-based newspaper. Mm. It was a weekly newspaper called the Gem State Rural. And he uh, invested in property and um, also had a bank that he worked at, managed, and then ran the newspaper kind of as a side gig. Uh, then his son, my great-grandfather, J.H., uh, became the business manager and then purchased all the equipment and the Gem State Rural from him, and then turned it into a printing and office supplies company, named it Caxton Printers Limited, uh, which is named after William Caxton, who was the first uh, printer of English in movable type in London. Um, Gutenberg was the first to do books in movable type, but that was German. Uh, so we, my great-grandfather, J.H., that's James Herrick, uh, took over the company, named it Caxton Printers in 1904, and then 1907, we were incorporated in the state of Idaho as the Caxton Printers Limited, and we've been operating in Caldwell ever since. Wow, that's a great history. Along the way, there was a, a little event that mm. it was widely covered in newspapers, I think across the West, Scott, what tell us a little bit about what happened? I believe it was in 1914. Are you talking about the fire? Talking about the fire. No, it was St. Patrick's Day, 1937. 37. Tell us the, what happened. Uh, a fire began in our paper warehouse, and at that time, my great grandfather lived about three blocks away. And the fire started and quickly con- started consuming the entire operation. Wow. And the family legend has it that my grandfather ran breathlessly down the street to my great-grandfather's house. And he was sitting there reading his morning paper and having his coffee. And my grandfather ran into the house and 
dad, the plant's on fire. It's going to burn to the ground. And my great grandfather put his paper down, grabbed his cup of coffee and said, well, there's nothing I can do about it now. <laughs> and finished his coffee and his newspaper and donned his hat and his coat and walked the three blocks to watch the plant burn to the ground. Oh my gosh. Wow. But, um, it, it was a large loss at that time in Caldwell. We were one of the largest businesses operating at that time and certainly the oldest. Um, but he had the plant rebuilt and up and running within a year. Um, he, they rescued a bunch of the equipment and carted it off and had it up and running in employees' garages. So we barely lost production. Wow. Um, it, it's... You know, we, we've gone through the pandemic and the hard things that every, all businesses are going through right now. And recently when PBS did the documentary on our company, I was complaining about how hard it is to manage in the business environment we're in now. And Marsha Franklin, who did the interviews, pointed out to me that, one, we've already been through the first pandemic, the Spanish flu pandemic, World War One. Mm -hmm having our plant burned to the ground in 1937, World War II, and then everything that's occurred since, so I should maybe com stop complaining. <laughs> <laughs> that, that may not be your nature, though, Scott. Tell, tell, well, us, yeah. <laughs> tell us a little bit about that PBS show was really fantastic. Mm -hmm. I know our family watched it. We thought it was great. The fact that uh, Idaho Public Television came in and um, produced a, a this great show that included – Caxton, they they highlighted you and surprised you with a couple of things. Just tell us about that experience with, yeah. with public television. Well, it started a uh, little more than a year ago, actually February of 2021. There's a researcher at Boise State um, who is writing a book about uh, my great-grandfather and our family and the business, focusing on our publishing history, our book publishing history. And so he started doing much research about our family and, uh, again, focusing on the book publishing. We're most well-known outside of Caldwell and outside of Idaho for our book publishing. We, we have a national reputation for that. Mm -hmm. um, anyway, they called me up, and my great-grandfather's letters uh, were in the archives at Washington State University. Wow. So I went up, and they filmed me going through the letters. Uh, my great-grandfather, J.H., was very um, well-known nationally for his uh, involvement in the early stages of the libertarian movement in the United States. We were one of the main libertarian publishers early on. Um, he had an extensive uh, correspondence with Herbert Hoover, Teddy Roosevelt, H.L. Mencken, a lot of the big thinkers and movers and shakers of the time. And so the letters that are in the Wazoo archives, we had never seen. They were sent up to Washington State uh, upon my great-grandfather's death and nobody alive in our family had seen those letters. So it was, it started with me going through the letters and reading, you know, handwritten notes to Teddy Roosevelt and, and then the responses that he wow. got from Roosevelt and Hoover and Ayn Rand and uh, a lot of very important folk. Um, and then they just went down a different path and started following our publishing history and then ended up creating a 50-minute documentary focused just on our family, our family history, our book publishing, and then also touching base with the other things we do with our business. Yeah, it was very cool and very well done. And I would just encourage 
anybody listening to, to check that out, you can we'll go have on. the link, too. Yeah, the, uh, you, we'll, we'll include the link, and you've got the, it's at the Idaho um, Public TV website. It's, it's a great, great watch. Scott, talk about, you talk about publishing, and you, and you dropped some pretty big names in literature, like Anne Rand. Talk about some of those big projects that Caxton has done over the years, because there's some, there's some high-profile authors that have been published. Well, high profile, Rand is probably the highest profile um, just because her international fame for um, the book we did with her was Anthem, was Anthem, which is her um, it's it's a small piece of fiction, dystopian fiction, talking about the um, what happens when government robs people of their individuality and rights. that's the one we're most widely known for on an international level. But what we've focused publishing on over the years is regional books. And so some of the most well-known books about topics such as the Nez Perce War, um, uh, uh, various Native American topics, Lucillus McWhorter's Yellow Wolf is, uh, and Hear Me My Chiefs are books that are um, in the syllabus at every college that studies these issues. Um, we also have done a number of other libertarian books, and this was way back in the day when we were doing more of that work by people like Spencer and uh, O'Neill, um, who during the 40s and 50s, and Garrett Garrett, who was a columnist for the Saturday Evening Post, um, during the heyday of that early part of the libertarian movement, they were the big writers. And so that's where we garnered a a national reputation. But our work on uh, Western regional history in the West is equally well known. And we continue to focus on that sort of publishing to this day. You know, we have have, uh, books by people like Taylor Caldwell and um, there are other large names. Bartis Fisher is probably the most well-known Idaho author um, until recent years. Now Tony Doerr has probably taken that over. Um, but it, during there was a period of time during the 30s, 40s, and 50s where we were really the only independent publisher west of the Rockies, and we were taking on a lot of work that became important over the years. And we try to do important work now. It's just a little different. Sure. Yeah. And it's not the only thing that Caxton – does there are other components to the business such as printing and office supplies in the state uh, wherever the state textbook repository talk about some of the other components of of Caxton's Caxton's business well it started as a printing company that's you know we had the printing presses for the newspaper and then it was converted into a commercial printing company so we were printing business forms uh, everything for people in the region um, we have been pr- working with the counties and the state since the 30s, printing ballots. We're in the middle of printing ballots right now for the big primary that's coming up. Mm-hmm. Um, we do all kinds of work, full color work. We're, we're a, a large format, large volume uh, commercial printer. We like small jobs, but if you want business cards printed, there's better places to do it. If you need 500,000 units printed, mm-hmm. we're the ones, one of the ones in the Valley that can do that. When you can get paper, that's a discussion for a different day. Oh, man. Uh, 
so that's the printing piece. You know, we've got a large six color Heidelberg press. Uh, we've got digital equipment. We've got large format 40 inch Heidelberg presses. We've got a full service bindery that does all the trimming, stitching, folding, packaging for the final product that we produce for our customers. Um, in 1934, we were named the Idaho State Textbook Depository. Mm. So what that means is we're the distribution point for all curricular materials that go to the students in the state of Idaho. Mm. Um, so we have a 30,000 square foot warehouse that's just full of textbooks. Yes, I've seen it. Um, <laughs> and then also when we first started, we were selling small office supplies. Well, once we became the depository, we had uh, a, a good business relationship with all the school districts in the state. We started selling school supplies. So everything from pencils and erasers to desks and locker systems. And at one point we were installing bleachers at wow. new, new schools. Um, now we're doing in-wall lunchroom tables, whiteboards, um, technology, uh, a lot of different pieces like that. So the, the, really the four pieces of the business are the printing, the book publishing, which is our smallest piece, but it's the one we have the most um, history with, and it's really a labor of love. Um, our textbook depository, which is our largest volume business, but lowest margin, and then our school and office supplies division that we cater mostly to the schools, but we provide office supplies for a number of businesses throughout the state of Idaho. So copy paper, um, desks, chairs, uh, anything that you need for a school or an office, we have access to. So if, uh, chances are, if our, our listeners are listening and their student has a textbook, chances are it went through Caxton at some point. There's a good chance. Mm -hmm. And even the way things have changed, even if they have an online uh program that they're working through, the licensing of that probably came through one of the publishers that we have contracts with, and the release of the license probably came through our company. Mm. That's great. So cool. All located in Caldwell. That's right. And speaking of Caldwell, Scott, people in Caldwell really know Caxton as a member of yes. the community, mm -hmm. right? You, you are certainly high profile in your work with Destination Caldwell and serving on the College of Idaho board for a long period of time. Why is it so important for you personally and for Caxton to be so involved in the, the Caldwell community? Because mm -hmm. we've been here almost since Caldwell started. <laughs> and uh, our people and our customers, you know, we have customers all over the region. Um, in some instances, nationally and internationally. I just signed a licensing contract with a publisher in China for one of my books. Mm. Um but our focus is on our backyard. So our, our customers and our employees are what make our company run. Our longevity isn't to be attributed to any particular genius in the Gibson family. It's that we have good, we've always had good employees and loyal customers. And if you don't take care of where they live and work and play, mm -hmm. um, you're not gonna succeed. That's the view we've taken. My great grandfather had that view. My grandfather had that view. My great uncle who was president had that view. My father certainly had that view. And my brother and I, um, and my niece who's here working, we all 
take seriously involvement in the community. Um, as the president, it's more my responsibility to kind of be the face of the company. So I'm more involved in a lot of those things. But my dad, when he was president, was very involved um, at the outset before Indian Creek Plaza was actually finished. He was part of the exploratory committee that started um, this process 15, 20 years ago with the carpenters and the McCluskeys and others. Mm -hmm. um, and then my great grandfather was very involved politically. My grandfather was very involved politically on state and local level. Uh, I tend to be less involved politically. Mm -hmm. I prefer to help people um, and organizations where I can and where our company can without getting pulled into that. Right. Mm -hmm. Scott, talk a little bit about the, the future for Caxton. I think there's a common misnomer out there that printing that people don't print things anymore and that all books are read on Kindles and uh, electronic devices. But but printing is certainly alive and well. If you walk through your plant, sometimes 24 hours a day, the, the printing presses are running. If you, mm -hmm. if you go through the offices, you see there are books that are being shipped. Talk about more about the the future of printing and, and the future of publishing and, and, and what Caxton's well, role in that is. Those are those are two different issues. Um, on publish on the publishing front, ebook sales have declined mm. worldwide. Print book sales have increased in recent years. Wow. Barnes and Noble, it looks, you know, independent bookshops are doing better because they've been forced to get better and smarter. We have one of the best um, rediscovered books here in Caldwell has their store here and their store in Boise. They're one of the best independent booksellers in the West. They know what they're doing. Yeah. Um, the people that sold books um, as a hobby, as with anybody that does something as a hobby, found it tough to succeed. Um, with the advent of technology, um, small bookstores are now much more sophisticated and they have access to online sales on top of their in-store sales. So the book market's actually internationally improving right now. Barnes and Noble was the big, they were on death's door about two years ago. They've rebounded dramatically because they started to go back to the roots, which was the Barnes and Noble stores are being treated more like the small independent bookstores. Now they're actually hand selling books. They're um, catering to local authors and local events instead of just being this big conglomerate that ignores the little guy. They realize that the little guy is where you know, you people where they make money is people go in to buy the bestseller, but then they see another book on the shelf that they didn't know about and they walk out with two um, or three. Uh, and Barnes and Noble has realized that there was an article in the New York Times this week about their rebound. That's good for small publishers. Mm -hmm. We have most of our books in ebook format too on Amazon, and I sell them. But you sell an ebook for a dollar ninety nine. Um, it doesn't cost you much once you convert to the, the files for whether it's Google Books or uh, Amazon, Kindle Reader, uh, Barnes & Noble's Nook Reader, but you're not making much money. Um, and frankly, in publishing, you don't make that much money. Um, the, the danger for publishing for small publishers is, as with all businesses, it's becoming increasingly um, conglomeratized the large publishers are buying the small publishers and 
they may have different names, but it's really the same corporate entity. Um, in terms of printing, I invite anyone to look on their desk or in their home or anywhere they walk and tell me where things aren't printed. Mm. Uh, it's not all on paper, but a lot of it is. Um, electronic marketing, which is important, um, we all tend to uh, increasingly, I think, ignore it because it's a hassle. Mm -hmm. So are mailers that are mailed to, but a combination of the two seems to be where a lot of the marketing companies are going right now. So we still have customers for that. Um, a lot of the printing we do are for, um, is more business to business. So other businesses that are doing instruction booklets for the projects or for the products they're shipping internationally, we're printing those instruction booklets. Those are required. Uh, you can't ship out a chemical. Monsanto can't ship out a chemical and then send a link to the user saying, here's the, <laughs> yeah. here's what, why you shouldn't drink it. They have to have that included. Yeah. Um, the, the difficulty with printing right now, to be honest, is the same with everyone. It's supply chain. Mm. Getting paper. We're one of the larger buyers in the Valley. And for us to get paper right now is, uh, is difficult. Yeah. Uh, so there are changes. We, it's our job to try to adjust those changes. We do so um, better at different times. Right now is a difficult time for us because you can't change where you get your paper or you can, but there, nobody has it. Um, so our struggle has been with um, the changing work environment, the changing needs for equipment, and then just supply chain right now. Uh, we'll, we'll live to fight another day. Uh, and we continue to look for new, another, or new avenues for sales, new avenues for production, new avenues for promoting our books, for promoting our products, utilizing the internet. Our online stores um, are increasingly important for us, but um, we're not just standing pat and doing the same old thing that we were doing in 1896. We're, we're trying to evolve. That's good. Well, and I think it's proof you've been here so long that you you guys have figured out how to to evolve throughout the well, time. Well, some of that may just be dumb luck. <laughs> so well. we'll, but the look, I said it earlier, the reason we've been around so long is because we have loyal customers and loyal employees. Yes. Bottom line, if you lose those, doesn't matter how innovative you are, um, your markets go away your ability to make money goes away. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I'd be lying if I wasn't telling you the last couple of years have been difficult. Mm -hmm. But um, I'm seeing the light at the end of the tunnel and I'm hopeful it's not a train. And I think we're all right. Yeah. That's good. Awesome. That's great. Well, thank you so much for joining us. We are, we are grateful that you and your business, Caxton, is a part of our community. Um, you know, we, we have definitely seen... Um, the impact, positive impact that you guys have made in our community. Well, be, look, it's a lot of people are involved in what's going on in Caldwell. Yes. We're a small piece of it. Yep. But there are families like the and companies like the Crookums and the Multanans of Best Bath Systems and the Carpenters did for years. And there are a lot of people that um, have made good choices and made commitments to the community mm -hmm. um, that has helped lift 
Caldwell up to where it is right now. And now the great exciting thing is we have all these new businesses coming in that get to add to that momentum and hopefully take up that mantle of being community supporters and helping organizations like the YMCA and Destination Caldwell and uh, any number, you know, the the new Boys and Girls Club is going to come into Caldwell. Um, Various um, religiously sponsored nonprofit organizations, Oasis and, um, you know, what you, what you guys are doing with iHeart2C, all this stuff adds together. Right. Yeah. One group by itself can't can't do it. All of us together can make this place what it's becoming, and it's pretty amazing to watch. Yeah. Sure great. is. Sure is. Good word, Scott. Yeah. Hey, Scott Gibson, president of Caxton. Thank you for joining us today. Yes. We've we've really learned a lot, and I think our listeners are going to love it. Yeah. Okay. Thanks, guys. Okay. Thank Thanks, you. Scott. Take care. Thanks for joining us on the iHeart2C podcast. Do you know someone or something that we should highlight? Would you like to get the word out about your business? Send us a message at podcast at iheart2c.com. You can follow us on Instagram and Facebook at iheart2c. If you like the podcast and are listening on Apple, make sure to leave a review. Until next time, keep it local and keep supporting Canyon County.